0: to dive in uh, again this week, um, talking about community. And so if you were not with us last week, we launched a new season of house churches together. Last week was the first opportunity that you had to sign up to be a part of a house church. And if you're new to our community, if you're visiting with us here uh, this morning, our house churches are pretty simple. They're small groups of people, between 10 and 15 people Uh, that that meet in living rooms, that meet in homes throughout uh, the week. And we meet together to share meals. Uh, We meet together to encourage one another. We dive deeper into the scripture. We pray, we worship worship together. And what I really believe is our mission as a church, love God, love people, awaken a movement. This mission is, is best and most effectively lived out in our house churches. And so we took last week, and we're gonna take this week to invite people, to invite you all to take a step deeper into a Jesus-centered community. We're gonna invite you to take a step deeper into a Jesus-centered community, whether you are a follower of Jesus or not. Whether you come in here and you've been following Jesus for a long time or you come in here, you're full of questions, we're gonna invite you to take a step into one of these communities. And last week, Brandon spent some time looking at both the barriers and the blessings to stepping into community. And I encourage you, it's just a really great conversation about both the barriers and the blessings. Go back, listen to the podcast if you weren't here with us last week. But this week, we're going to continue taking another step farther, uh, talking about what it looks like to step into community. And I want to look at why why we don't simply just need community. Why we don't simply just need community, but the fact that we were made for community. And there's a difference there. Why we don't just simply need community, but the fact that we were actually made for community. And we don't normally do this, but we're gonna jump around a few different scriptures. We're gonna kind of look through the scriptures in a few different portions to figure out why in fact we, we are actually made and designed for community. I wanna tell you about my friend Nick though as we get started. Um, A group of friends of mine and a couple of mentors, uh, one of whom was Brandon, uh, every spring break we would spend time, we would spend time down in Panama City during spring break. That's how we would spend our spring break. And this wasn't your typical spring break trip. So before you kind of jump to a bunch of conclusions about what we were doing down there, uh, this this wasn't uh, your typical spring break trip. And so we would actually spend months uh, just preparing uh, beforehand, spending time praying beforehand, going down there with a, a little bit different of a goal than a lot of the goals that were trying to be met on spring break in Panama City. And our goal was pretty simple. Like, we went down there with hearts to just share and show the love of Jesus to people. That's what we went down there for. And I was always amazed at the ways in which God moved and worked, uh, the conversations, that we would have with people. And a few of these conversations and a few of these people still really stick out in my mind. Like, do you, have you ever had those conversations that, that you can remember? Those conversations maybe you had with someone and w- what you talked about wasn't the only thing you can remember. You remember the setting, you remember the time, you can remember the place, and you come back to those conversations time and time again because, because of what you uncovered in those conversations. And one of the things I discovered in the first few nights that we were down there, one of the things that we would do is we would actually go out to where everybody was going that night. And so we would spend time on the beach during the day, getting to know people. And if you're wondering, if you're drinking a Capri Sun on the beach at Panama City in spring break, you do stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, It's not the most popular drink of choice, but it is a great conversation starter, great conversation starter. And what we would do is we would connect with people and figure out where they were going that night. And one of the first few nights that we were out in, in one of the clubs there in Panama City, I discovered that there was, there was something that always happened. You would look around the room and there would always be people that were there in the midst of a hundred other people or more. And yet people on the outside that felt a little bit disconnected and isolated. There's people surrounded by hundreds of other humans and yet clearly they were detached and isolated. Now, I'll never forget one of the conversations I had on the outskirts of one of these rooms one night. So God just kind of opened up a door for a conversation with a guy next to me. His name was Nick. And it didn't take long for me to uncover the fact that he was feeling pretty lonely. I asked him kind of point blank. I was like, okay, so, so why, why did you choose to come to Panama City for spring break? And he opened up. It was clear that the spirit of God was just moving. And he said, I'll be really honest. I don't have a lot of friends and I don't have a lot of places where I can connect with people. And I thought that this would be a place that I could come and I could connect and I could feel a part of something. And I'll never forget just kind of being in awe of this guy who thought he could come to a place to feel connection, and yet the end of the the week was coming. And he just opened up and said, hey, in all honesty, I've been here almost a week and I feel just as lonely, just as disconnected, Uh, just as detached from other people as I did when I arrived here. And he didn't know how to name it. He didn't know how to give maybe the language that that we might give to it. But what he was desiring, like what he wanted, what he longed for was genuine community. He wanted a genuine place of, of belonging. And I think deep down at our core, like no matter who you are, no matter what your story is, no matter like this morning, what, what you come in here carrying, we all desire this deep, deep sense of belonging, this place of community. And it's amazing how you can be surrounded by people and yet feel completely disconnected and detached. And I don't think this is just specific to Nick in Panama City. I think we all can relate to this reality of being surrounded by people and yet feeling lonely or isolated. And some of you may even come in here this morning, and that's your story this morning, coming in here. You're surrounded by hundreds of other people, and yet you feel a little bit disconnected. And I wanna take a moment this morning to invite all of us, to invite all of us into a deeper level of community with one another, to take a step, to take a chance of diving a little bit deeper Into community here at Ethos Church. And I was reminded this week as I thought about Nick, as I thought about that conversation in Panama City, it's not just the fact that we need it, it's the fact that we were made for it. And so we're not just made to carry our own burdens, we're we're made to carry one another's burdens. We're, we're not just made to like celebrate our own victories. We're made to celebrate and enjoy the victories of one another. Life is just so much more beautiful. Life is so much better together. Why? Because this is the way that God intended us and in designed for us to live. This is, this is God's intended way for us to live our lives, not alone in isolation, but in community with one another. And so just for the record, house churches are not our attempt to get you plugged into an ethos program. House churches are an invitation for you to live into and carry out the gospel of Jesus as we see it lived out in the scripture. It's an invitation to live life to the fullest and not just get by in life. They're not perfect, but I really believe if we give God If we give God this space in our life to connect and encourage one another, he's gonna do something special with it. So this morning, I just wanna look at, hey, why we don't simply need community, but the fact that we are made for it. And this is not just a hypothesis that Andrew's gonna get up here and and share. Uh, We can back this up when we we look at the word of God, and that's what we're gonna do this morning. We're gonna actually look at why why this is true from from the very beginning of time. And so we're gonna just go through scripture and look at why we were made for community, why we were designed for community. And so you don't have to go far, you don't have to go far in the scripture to understand the fact that we were designed for community. You just look at God himself. God himself in his very nature is a picture of community. A God who is three and yet one. And I'm not gonna sit here and explain the Trinitarian nature of God. We would be here for a really long time. But I do want us to look at the fact that Father, Son, Holy Spirit, working together as one, give us a picture of community. Uh, Genesis, chapter one, verse 26. You can throw it up on the screen. You can turn there in your own Bible if you want. It says, It says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but the plurality of this, of this sentence, it says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. We are an image of God himself. And so we are literally made for community as God is a picture of communal living in his very being. And so you keep going, you see it at the very beginning, and then we keep going, Uh, Genesis chapter two, verse 18, says, it's not good for a man to be alone, I will make a helper suitable for him. And now most of you have probably heard this passage uh, used in weddings, and in all honesty, it's probably gonna be where you hear it used most. Uh, But uh, I was realizing this week, I don't think this is simply just commentary on husband and wife, but I think God is giving us insight into uh, humanity in and of itself. You see, there's something off about this picture of Adam being alone. See, Adam was alone and he was in isolation and God says, okay, there's, there's something off here. So what he does is he creates community for Adam, there was something off about this isolation. He needed community itself. Okay, let's keep going. Let's jump ahead to the Gospels. Let's look at Jesus. So we see it at the very beginning in Genesis, and then Jesus, Son of God, he comes from heaven to earth. And if there is anybody who could have rocked that independent lifestyle, like really think about it, if there's anybody who could have actually like lived alone, gotten through life alone, it would have been Jesus himself. Like he had perfect communion with the Father. I mean, talk about a prayer life that was just amazing. It is Jesus's prayer life. This connection with the Father, he he was walking on water. Like he could walk on water. He was raising people from the dead. And yet how does Jesus choose to live? He comes out of the desert 40 days 40 days proves just that alone that he is able to go through life by himself. But how does he choose to live? How does Jesus choose to live out his time of ministry? Let's look at Mark, the very beginning of the Gospels. Mark chapter one, verses 13 through 20. It says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting in it into the lake, for they were fishermen. He says, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. When they had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is significant. This is significant the way that Jesus chooses to live he surrounds himself with community. And for the next three years, he lives into this truth that we don't simply need it, but we are actually made for it. You know, you think about Jesus and his disciples, they they lived together, they traveled together, they operated in ministry together. I just think about all the moments that they probably had around the campfire at night, laughing with one another, joking with one another, crying together, rejoicing with one another from what happened maybe the the day or the night before that. And so Jesus himself models what it looks like to live out our faith. And he chooses to live out his faith in community. But that's not where it ends. Let's keep looking. Skip ahead to Acts, where the early church is beginning to take form. Early church is beginning to take form. Acts chapter two, verses 46 through 47. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And I love this. It says, they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord, he added to their number daily those who were being saved. Another pretty significant moment here as we continue through scripture says the Lord added to their number daily and what a beautiful picture of community that the church was founded upon. Now, Jesus, he chooses the church to advance his mission and what does the church look like? How does the church operate? Is it a bunch of people kind of working on their own in isolated parts of the city? No, what we see is them constantly coming together. In fact, constantly sharing meals and communing with one another. It's a beautiful picture, right? We, we can go through the scripture and say, okay, yeah, clearly this is what we were made for. Right, clearly this is what you and I were made for. And I think deep down, like within us, is this desire to belong and be a part of something bigger than ourselves. But we can look at this and we can read this all day long. The reality is it's, it's hard to find, and I don't know how many of you can relate to this. Maybe you're thinking, oh no, this is, this is easy. I mean, I just, I feel a part deeply connected to a community in this way. But judging from my conversations I've had with people over the past few years, this is kind of a hard reality to live into and a hard reality to find. And, and I just wanna acknowledge this is something we're all hungry for and there's no silver bullet. And there's no silver bullet, but I want to talk today a little bit about what I have found to be true in the places where I have come alive in community, three elements that I think have been present, three elements that have been present within the communities that I have been a part of, where I have felt a deeper sense of belonging and hope than I ever have. Uh, We could talk all day long about the barriers, and Brandon talked a little bit about them last week, but I, I don't want to talk today, this morning, about all the barriers that are keeping us from stepping into it, I wanna give us a little bit of a picture of three elements that I think if we live into these as a community, in our house churches, when we gather here at Marathon, if we live into these, I think God has something special in store for us. So the three elements that I wanna talk about are what I believe make a Jesus-centered community thrive. Because I would not be who I am. I would not be where I am at in my walk with Jesus if it were not for the communities around me, if it were not for the people that were around me. I, I can name and list all of the people and all the communities that I have been a part of in my life that has led me to this very place that I'm at. And so the three elements that I kind of want to look at are time, transparency, and truth. Time, transparency, and truth. I believe that these three elements together are gonna help our community thrive. Let's first talk about time. Uh, Many of you know uh, Cyrus and Nicole Eaton, some of you probably don't. Um, Cyrus and Nicole, they're family members here at Marathon. Uh, One thing you might not know about Cyrus and Nicole though is that they live with two of their best friends. Uh, But they don't just live with two of their best friends, Uh, they just had a baby a few months ago. And so this past year, they decided, hey, we're going to actually live with two of our best friends, Josh and Molly, knowing, hey, we've got a baby coming into the picture uh, just a few months from now. And it probably doesn't take you long as you kind of picture that scenario and situation in your head uh, to begin to ask the question, okay, like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you put yourself through that? And I can remember talking to Cy and Nicole and Josh and Molly and just talking through that, asking different questions, and it was very clear, the bottom line was, they actually wanted a genuine community. They they didn't wanna just like talk about this idea of community, they actually wanted to live into community. They said, I'll never forget one of these lines they talked about was, hey, we spend all of our time catching up with people, and we never have the space to actually go deeper together. We spend all of our time catching up with our friends instead of actually going deeper with our friends. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty convicting statement. I don't know how often you feel like you're simply just catching up with the people around you rather than actually going deeper with the people you love the most. And in a city like Nashville, let's be honest. In a city like Nashville, as the urban core grows, as we become more neighborhood centric, this is only going to become more of a problem if we let it, if we let it. You know, the reality is that building friendship and building community, it takes time, it takes time. I don't think we can expect a two-month friendship to look like a two-year friendship. And I don't think we can expect a two-year friendship to look like a 20-year friendship. We can't expect a first-month house church to look like a two-year house church. And we can't expect a two-year house church to look like a group of people that have been walking for 20 years together. But the reality is, it doesn't just take an extended amount of time. It takes us being willing to be generous with our time in those spaces. So yeah, it's about length of time. There's no doubt about that. But there's also something about being generous with our time. So it's this idea that someone in your community needs to talk or pray. You're willing to actually give the time to talk and pray. It's this reality is that someone in your community has a baby, you're willing to take the time to take them a meal, to see what they need, to see how you can bless them. It's this reality is that when someone shares a need in their life, you don't just say, hey, I'll, I'll pray for you from a distance. You're willing to give the time to actually help them meet that need. And I could go on and on and on and on and give pictures of this. But my challenge to you, as we step into this new season of house church together, as we step into a new season, even as a church family together, hey, will this be a place? Will this be a place that you invest and are generous with your time? But it's not just about time. We could give our time all day long. You also have to be transparent. So if we wanna go beyond being mere acquaintances with one another and actually being a community together, we have to be willing to be transparent. And one thing I've discovered just in my time, in my walk with Jesus is that if you want real friendships, you have to bring your real self into the equation. If you want real friendships, you have to be willing to bring your real self into the equation. But don't forget time, don't forget time. I don't, expect, I don't expect the first night of house church to be this place where you're just pouring out your deepest and darkest secrets. Like it's gonna take time for you to feel comfortable being transparent in this community. But there is something special that happens there is something special that happens when you choose to walk in authenticity with a group of people over an extended period of time. And I'm not sure what each of your stories have been. I'm not sure what your stories have been even in the church or with other followers of Jesus. But I I just want you to know there's not a safer place for you to be your real self than with the people of God. I love the story of Jesus uh, with the woman at the well. I'm not just making this stuff up. This is, this is how Jesus operated and lived in his life. You think about Jesus as the story with the woman at the well. The woman is at this well at the hottest part of the day. And at that time, you actually had to go somewhere to get your water. And what you would typically do is you would go in the early morning or late evening because that was the coolest parts of the day. And here this woman is, the hottest part of the day in the sun, getting her water. And I don't think it's coincidence that Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up and he begins to just uncover in conversation with her kind of what her life actually looks like. Because the reality is this woman was there because her life, she was feeling isolated. In her life, she was feeling disconnected from her city and her town. She was feeling isolated from the people around her because of the way that she was living her life. You see, Jesus, he begins to uncover in conversation. Oh, this woman hasn't just been married one time, she's been married five times. And the man that she's living with now is not actually her husband. And Jesus, in this moment, I'm sure, knew what this woman was thinking. She's probably thinking, okay, here it goes again. Like, here's this moment again, someone discovers who I really am, and she's anticipating, if I had to imagine, this, this m- moment of shame, this moment of isolation, this moment when she's gonna be pushed to the side yet again. I'm gonna be excluded yet again, I think she's thinking. And what does she learn? What does she learn very quickly? Okay, Jesus is, is different. Like Jesus is just different. Jesus, in this moment, And so much love and grace and truth. He calls her out of where she's been living and points her in a direction and a way of living that actually gives her life and life to the fullest. It's this moment of love and truth colliding where we see this city that she goes back to actually coming to know Jesus. The city that she goes back to later comes to know Jesus and I don't think those two are unrelated. And so no matter what you're carrying, like no matter what your story is, no matter whether you feel like you can be transparent or not, I wanna just say, when you're around the people of God, when you're around people who are genuinely following Jesus, there is no safer place to be your truest self. And my challenge to us is may our house churches, may our communities both here and there be places where people feel comfortable being fully transparent. And as those who are receiving that, because there's one side of it, there's, the, there's this moment where we're called to be transparent, but the reality is we're, we're gonna be receiving other people's transparency. And I wanna encourage us and challenge us to react and live and embrace those moments like Jesus did. Embracing those moments with love and grace and encouragement and prayer, pointing people, pointing people to Jesus. But you can have a group of people that have both time and transparency, uh, but if it's lacking this last element, if it's lacking this last element of truth, I really believe it's gonna be void of purpose and hope. The reality is you can be part of a community And I think you can find communities that you can give of your time and you can give of your transparency, but it's not gonna leave you with a sense of purpose and a sense of hope unless you have this last element of truth. You see, Jesus, he tells us, he says, I'm the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The way, the truth, the life. And when the words and the ways of Jesus meet us in our time and our transparency, this is a moment that is ripe for the Spirit of God to move. When our transparency and our time collide with the truth and the ways of Jesus, this is a moment that is just ripe for the Spirit of God to move. And so I'm excited about this next season of House Church. I'm excited about this next year. And I really believe that if we choose to give our time and our transparency with one another as we seek Jesus together, in scripture, in prayer, in worship, we will begin to discover the reality that we, amen. (laughs) That we do not simply just need community, but we were made for community. In life, life to the fullest is gonna be lived out in this context, time, transparency, and truth. And so the question that I wanna ask us all this morning is will you take a step deeper? Will you take a step deeper into a Jesus-centered community? If you're already a part of a community that's centered around Jesus, I wanna invite you Hey, how do you take a step deeper? Is it it with your time? Is it with your transparency? Maybe at this moment in life, you feel a little bit like Nick in Panama City. Maybe this moment in your life, you feel a little bit isolated and detached. You kind of find yourselves on the outskirts of the room. And I just wanna ask that, that you'll give community a chance, that you'll give House Church a try, Maybe you've been there before and you've been burned. Maybe you've always been afraid to take a step deeper. And no matter if that's your story or not, I just wanna invite you to give House Church a try, maybe again or for the first time. No matter where you're at this morning, I want us all to kind of wrestle with this question, is how do I need to take a step deeper into this community? How do I need to take a step deeper into this community. And where I want us to wrestle with these questions this morning is around the table. It's this table that we go to each and every week. It's this table, this place that we call communion. And do you see how those words are pretty closely related there? Communion, community. It's this place of communion that we come to each and every week where we come to the table and we come to the body of Christ the blood of Christ to remind us that we are not to live this life alone. We are not to live this life in isolation, but it's it's not just us and God. It's not just us and God. There's a reason we have people go to the table and take communion scattered around the room with other people because it's us, God, in communion with him together, together. And that Is where the Spirit of God comes alive and moves in ways that it only can in the midst of the gathered body of Christ as we gather around the body of Christ. So this morning, I wanna just invite us to the table together. I'm gonna pray for us. And I just wanna invite you to wrestle with these questions. Hey, where do I need to take a step deeper into this community? Is it with my time? Is it with my transparency? Is it being willing to submit under the truth and the authority of Jesus And no matter who you are, no matter what your story is, I wanna invite you to take a step deeper. But Father, we come to you this morning and we're just so thankful uh, for this picture that you give us. Uh, This picture that you give us of of community in the scripture. God, I I just ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit uh, that you would just tear down the barriers that are keeping people from stepping into life with others. Uh, that you would tear down the walls that are keeping people from fully being themselves with other people. God, will you give us a heart that longs for, that desires to be fully present with one another and fully transparent with one another? God, I just ask that this next season of House Church Together will just be a thriving, thriving season where people can step into fully who they were created to be. God, we love you. Jesus, it's in your name that we pray and together we all say amen.